Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 21, SummerSlam 1988. Where the mega powers meet the mega bucks. Money, 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 money. That would be a much better theme song for this show. It probably would be, yeah. Uh, I was like, what's the... Is it the what's the Shane song? It's, it's they say, also say money. It's like oh, yeah. it's like the money, money, money. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's one of the better theme songs nowadays. Yeah. But this is the inaugural SummerSlam produced by the WWF and would become one of the big four pay per views. It was held at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York, on August 29th, nineteen eighty eight. The attendance was twenty thousand. And it had a buy rate of 4.5. What was the buy rate on the last NWA show? I don't know how many. 2K, yeah, yeah. I think. It's, well, basically, buy rate means that 4.5%, 4.5 means 4.5% of all pay-per-view buys were of the pay-per-view. For the month? That I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, we, we talk, I, don't I think exactly we talked know. about this. I was like, oh, I don't know. But uh, I was just curious because, you know, they're, like, they're about to turn into WCW over there, so I was just kind of like, you know, trying to create some uh, context for the where the two companies are at. Yeah. Also, this one's not on the same day. It is not. This <laughs> yeah. is like... A whole month later. It's like, like over a month later. two months Yeah. Later. So the last one was like the... Eight, Early July. It was like July 10th, I think, and yeah, this is August 29th. August 29th, yeah. yeah so... There's this... Yeah. There's there's a little bit of room for each other to give breathe. Give a little room to breathe and everything. Mm-hmm. Other things that were happening around August 29th? Seoul Summer Olympics would start a few weeks after, and straight out of Compton, by the NWA, mm. and I don't mean the wrestling company, no, had been released a few a few weeks prior. I know, like, shit. If you put it on like right now, I probably know like eighty five percent of uh, the words to Straight Out of Compton. I will listen to the shit out of that record in high album. school. I got it in middle school, uh, but I like in high school we definitely brought it back up, and you know driving around with your friends and listen to the shit out of it big fan and that's like kind of the only nwa record which is weird there's like an ep and then after that there's it's a like a couple well, mixtapes and stuff like that uh, they had but, but this yeah. is the only before it's they good. broke off and all did solo stuff that's really the only true nwa yeah i, album, yeah. I believe god damn i love that record it is a good one good pull matt i, I try i try and i try and bring the relevancy mm-hmm. that can bring some conversation out. And yeah, and it's still, you know, what, like six years until we get until we get New Jack? Yeah. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and head to the show, because why not, right? That's what we're here for. Uh, we open on a video where we're flying it's over... It's a chopper shot. It kind of feels like a chopper shot, but we're flying over a lake in the middle of a oh, desert? Yeah, yeah, never mind. I'm thinking of the... I'm, I'm thinking of, well, there's that, but they end up showing the city. They then go to the city, and the WF logo flies onto the screens and tells us it's what the world, world is watching. watching. Yeah. And then we cut to a video, like you were saying, of the landmarks of New York City with Gorilla Monsoon welcoming us to SummerSlam. 
Then we get a video package of the competitors for tonight's matches. Yeah, we get like the weird, like, uh, the intros. It's like everybody doing stuff. It'd be like Virgil counting money or the Hulk just looking like Hulk. But it's all like, it's like. I know, I told you, totally like they saturate you to do the ear pose. Yeah, well, they saturate the colors, but then they like, like cut down the frame rate. So everything's kind of like that 80s, like, music video, like, choppy yeah. thing going on. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. And the song was pretty weird. But I mean, we're used to. Weird, weird ass music for the intros of these shows. I mean, at least it's just weird now and not bad. Bad, yeah. It's like, like it huh. is in the two thousands. Yeah. It's better when it's huh as opposed to like oof. So Gorilla Monsoon and Superstar Billy Graham are our announcers for the evening. <sighs> did you did you reckon did uh, did you realize that the the crowd was counting down in the background when they first... Yeah, it's like I guess they were counting almost, down to go live. Yeah, it was almost like they went live before they told the crowd they were going, going live. live. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I was like, huh, weird. But you make a sigh when I say Superstar Billy Graham. Tell us, Michael, did you have issues with Superstar Billy Graham? Superstar Billy Graham turns a show that, you know, if, if this was a 10 show, it would be like an 8.5 show or maybe less just because of Superstar Billy Graham. Uh, with like him replacing like Jesse, like if you if Jesse was never there, then that wouldn't be a thing. But like it Come is, on, it isn't. Tell in- me, God, if like I said, told Matt, I was like, you could just like take a sip of beer every time Superstar Billy Graham says "brother" in this show, and you would still like wake up in a hospital because. <laughs> like yeah, because he says brother a lot. I'm not talking he about does. taking shots. He does I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm talking about like just like sipping a like, you know, a a Budweiser every time he says brother, and you would still wake up in the fucking hospital. Well, I, I was telling you that my so usually when I watch the shows, I'm you know sitting there with my wife and everything, mm-hmm. and Jesse says gorilla. Yeah, gorilla. but when we, I, love, I love that. He says it all the time, and my wife always complains. About like, the way he oh says Oh my God, like, can this guy just shut the F up? And then this, and then we st- I started watching the show, and Superstar Billy Graham said brother like 10 times in like the first minute, and I was just like, And he oh says brother, brother. It's not only brother, it's brother. And she hated that more? She, did she, she miss, did, did miss Jesse the way started, that I miss Jesse? She has started putting headphones on, so she doesn't I mean, have to you know, to it. Yeah, wrestling's not for... It's for everyone, but it doesn't mean that uh, everyone's going to enjoy it. I mean, she doesn't hate it. No. But she doesn't get into it as much as, yeah. as me, obviously. She's a, she's a, 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 team, a team player, she's but home. she's not going to give you... Yeah, she's not giving you a guff about it. I'm sure sometimes she's like, Matt, again? This again? It's like, oh, this is a different match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> different show, different year. So we're going to head off to our first match. We get the fabulous Rajos, which is Jacques and Raymond. Raymond. Versus the British Bulldogs of Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid with Matilda. Duh. And it's just an opening tag match. Uh, the Rajos get booed and are announced to be soon. They're, they're from Canada. But oh yeah! Soon are moving to America, which I think is always a really funny way to get a boo. They're like, we don't want them here. But how does that make them heels? I don't know. It's like that's what I thought. I was like, thought it was, people were like, like we don't want them. Yeah. Technically, aren't they saying that we hate Canada and we should move to America because America is a better place? They just don't. They just don't. I don't want any, any Canadians. I guess I was gonna say dirty Canadians, but I couldn't bring myself to say it. It's like oh, that doesn't feel right. That's not nice. Eh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This crowd is hot for the Bulldogs as they come out. How could you not be? Uh, I mean, 
Matilda, right? Not yeah. Not only are they great, but they have like you know a big old a big cute dog, a big little cute dog. So Davy Boy Smith starts us off with slamming Jacques' head into the turnbuckle multiple times, and then takes him to the opposite turnbuckle and does it some more. Because the other turnbuckle is harder. Or he just needed something nah, else. It looks better. It looks better, exactly. It's fun. Raymond goes for a monkey flip, but Davy Boy lands on his feet and hip tosses Rougeau. The Bulldogs then give a double headbutt to Raymond. You know I love my headbutts. I know you do. I was like, oh, that's a Michael spot right there. Oh, yeah. I think we get a, quite, quite a few headbutts. Uh, well, I guess in all of these shows. There's like, at this time we're, period, we get more. We're still in Headbutt City. Yeah. The Bulldogs are working over Raymond with power moves and double team maneuvers. And then Raymond goes for a sunset flip, only for a two count. But after the kick out, Davy Boy goes for a reverse sunset flip, also for a two count. That was a cool little. Yeah, we, we had never seen that before, so oh, we haven't really seen any like any rolling pin reversals. No, not really? really. I see so many of them in you know my in the current shit that I watch, where I'm like, oh, like I'm just, I'm just used to it. Davy Boy's running the ropes when Jacques trips him up from the outside, which allows the Rajos to take control, working on Smith's leg. Davy Boy monkey flips Raymond and is able to make the corner for the hot tag. Headbutts, vertical suplex, elbow drop, falling headbutt. Uh, the, the falling headbutt. And a cover for a two count by Dynamite Kid. Back suplex and another cover, but Raymond gets his foot on the ropes. Raymond's tossed to the outside and Davy Boy starts brawling with both Rajot brothers. We get a running power slam by Davy Boy and the pin attempt is broken up by Jacques. Dynamite Kid has Raymond in the corner, but Jacques comes in and back suplexes Dynamite. We get the, some more quick tags and double-team maneuvers working over Dynamite Kid by the Rougeau brothers. Jacques with a big splash in the middle of the ring for a two-count. The Rougeaus start sitting on Dynamite Kid with a chin lock, but Kid escapes by backing into the turnbuckle. And as he attempts to make the tag, Jacques comes in and knocks Davy Boy off the apron, which makes him try to come back in and retaliate. But the ref stops him, and Dynamite Kid gets a small package on Jacques, but the ref doesn't get there in time, and so we only get a two count. More tag shenanigans where Dynamite Kid's trying to tag Davy Boy in, but Jacques runs in so the ref has to get him back to his corner, so he never sees the Bulldog's tag. Dynamite Kid finally makes the tag, and Davy Boy goes for a drop kick, but Jacques holds onto the ropes, and Smith doesn't connect. Press slam by Davy Boy and drops Jacques right onto the top rope to crotch him. Crotch Davy, Davy Boy goes for the cover but moves right as Raymond drops an elbow. All four men now in the ring and the Bulldogs give a double noggin knocker. Davy Boy slams Jacques' head into the turnbuckle and then a press slam into a diving headbutt combo <laughs> by the uh, Bulldogs. The king of CTE, the diving headbutt. <laughs> Dynamite Kid is the like, <laughs> yeah. picture of... Uh, there's a there's like a wishbone spot somewhere in this match. Too. Yes, there is a wishbone. I, spot. I'm sorry, we don't see a lot of wishbones, and I think they did, like pulled it off twice. Just wanted to get that in there. But after that combo, the ref isn't there to count, and all of a sudden the bell rings. Official announcement: time limit draw. The, the, okay, I have less issue with a time limit draw when you can hear it announced into the ring. Like into the in the building, the yeah. uh, the time every five minutes. Absolutely. Uh, when you don't do that, you're not allowed to do this shit, and that's my rule. I agree completely. But <laughs> also, on the other hand, 
you need to make the announcement for every match. I agree. Because if if you do it just during the, that, that, a certain it, so, match... Uh-huh. Then it's like, oh, well... Good, oh, yeah, no. okay. I guess it's going yeah. to a time limit drop. Cool, yeah. cool telegraph. Because I just watched Fighter Fest flash forward, you know, 20-something years from the show we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Just watch Fighter Fest AEW. Yep. Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen mm-hmm. are going. They haven't made an announcement at the 10-minute mark at all mm-hmm. in any match. No. And all of a sudden, they go... 10 minutes, minutes left. And you're like, oh, I'm not an idiot. And then they go, five minutes left. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they did mention this was only a 20-minute time limit. Oh, okay. Now, the very, next, you, you, now, the very next match, mm-hmm. I think it was the Bucks Omega versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Mm-hmm. At the 10-minute mark, they did announce the 10-minute mark. But those are the only two matches yeah. that they made any mention well, the thing is, of the time. Well, the thing is, or you can, like, if... Like when you announce the match, you need to give it a give all of them a time limit or a no time limit, and then call it out. So it's like it doesn't just because it at that point if everything has a time limit, if it's if they're if this one's fifteen, this one's twenty, this one's thirty, they all have one. You have no idea who's gonna get. You have no zero zero clue exactly. Like and I feel like that a lot of like there's always a time limit in like every single New Japan match. There is, should, I mean, there should be a time limit in every match because I don't. Yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a card. It's a, yeah. It's a, a sport. I don't, I don't need to see a match go seventeen minutes when you could have done it in twelve. Like, mm-hmm. just make it a fifteen minute time limit and just go twelve. Like, yeah. Whatever. The match itself is good. Yeah, it's really good. But one, there's no belt, so like, why is this here? You're just trying to put over two tag teams. Yeah. Well, and they, and they don't need it. You don't need a time limit to put over a tag team. One's the heel. So even if the heel won, there's a little bit of backstage stuff. Oh, some yeah. yeah. This is the reason. Ran- it's always there's always politics. This is and the wrestling. reason why it was a time limit draw. All right. What's up, Matt? From what I understand in my research, prank on Dynamite Kid, and it was blamed on Jacques. So Dynamite Kid and Jacques. Had some heat, yeah, in the back, so, and so they wouldn't know. They would neither of them would, you know, take the loss. No, yeah, no one, nobody would stare at the lights to, for each they other. They went to the draw, so neither one of them could say that they beat the other. Yeah, one, they wouldn't stare at the lights for each other. That's funny. Well, it didn't make it didn't make for a very satisfying ending to a otherwise pretty good, solid match. Pretty good match, exactly. Like it was, it was. Uh, they the thing is, like they. Obviously, I enjoyed they, the match. They obviously took their time. We've seen these guys like. Come out and swinging, the thing, and, and the they didn't. Is, they didn't like come out sw- like. There wasn't that many. I mean, there was the chin lock spot, mm-hmm. but even when the chin lock was on, it wasn't like they were just sitting there. No, there no. was always they were always working. Yeah, and so it was an entertaining match. No, I I, I did like it, but I was just like, Ugh. I mean, honestly, it was how long was it? Was it twenty minutes? Twenty minutes. Fucking, I was just like, I can't believe this match keeps going, and I like, and then I was like, oh well. Of course, this is what's going to happen. I mean, but this, it took me a while to realize it because back I, they were time, they literally, if a match goes over fifteen minutes, it's like I pretty much expect it to be a draw. At this yeah, point. that's uh, understandable. Post match, the Rajos sucker punch the Bulldogs and take off running when the Bulldogs close with the Bulldogs close behind. Grill Monsoon then tells us that Brutus the Barber Beefcake will be unable to compete tonight, and we see footage why. We see Beefcake has the sleeper on somebody. Not real sure who. 
when outlaw Ron Bass comes out from the back and starts choking him with his whip. Bass then grabs a spur and starts <laughs> raking Brutus's eyes. This is my favorite part. We get a large censored X that comes on the screen. It's rules. It says you can still kind of see some stuff, yeah, some of it. But, but it, it, I think it's really smart to like be like, oh, it's just like tant- it's, it's so tant- bad. Tantali- it's tantalizing. Yeah, it's like it's so for, bad we can't even. Show yeah, it's, it, I, I was like, oh shit, that's that shit's smart. Good on you. The bunch of wrestlers come out to run off Bass and take care of. It's like, how do you push up push up something that a feud that means. Doesn't really like mean, mean much, and it's like, oh, that just makes it mean everything. It's and like, the thing oh, is, like we can't so bad we can't see it. Bass and Beefcake weren't in a feud. Beefcake was going to challenge Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental Title, and because of this, Beefcake no longer is challenging Honky should Tonk there, Man. Beefcake and Honky Tonk Man should never fight each other. You need somebody Ever that can again. work. You should you need somebody uh, that can work in that match. To me, they're basically the same person, except for one has a guitar and one has shears. And one puts out better promos. So we're moving on to our second match. We got Bad News Brown versus Ken Patera. Brown attacks Patera as soon as he is in the ring, but then Patera takes control after a clothesline. Patera misses an elbow drop and Brown starts giving punches, headbutts, and choking. Brown puts his head down after an Irish whip. Patera is able to take advantage to regain control. Patera locks on a bear hug. Nah, can't do that. A smaller, a man that is smaller cannot be giving a bear hug to a man that is taller. It looks fucking stupid. Stupid. And Bad News is a giant, scary-looking man. Yes, he looks like Bad News. Yeah, and like I was just like, yeah, you can't do that. No, it looks it looks fucking stupid. But Brown escapes with an eye rake. Patera then goes for a full Nelson. Once again, smaller full. guy. Yeah, bigger dude doesn't work. But Brown gets to the ropes. Patera with a, with a second rope punch to the top of the head. And again, Patera goes for the full Nelson. But Brown gets the ropes again. Patera sends Brown to the turnbuckle and charges after. Is that the weird like rope botch yes. spot? It's like, yes. what what happened here? Bad News didn't know how to run in a straight line. Okay, that's exactly what happened. He ran, yeah. He just like veered off. And yeah. he, like then had to roll into the corner and then roll out of the corner or whatever. Yeah. It was bizarre. Bad news moves, and Ken goes into the ring post, shoulder first. That shoulder first made up for it because that was one of the nastiest looking shoulder firsts, uh, like spots, like agree, I've agree. seen. Yeah, that I've seen. I think at all in general. It's like, oh my god, like that was the highlight of the match. That spot. Unless it's the ghetto blaster that we get from Brown, who then makes the cover for the pin and, and the, the win. win. The ghetto blaster, cool ass name. Yes. For a finisher. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's a that kick it to the back of the head. But it looked like shit. It doesn't look great. I'm sure that he. I'm sure it can look good, but it looked really bad here. My I was biggest, like, what was? I was like, so I was like, what is exactly is the ghetto blaster? I couldn't figure it out because it just didn't look like really much of anything. Kick to the back of the head. My biggest issue with this match is it's supposed to basically put over bad news as a. It was supposed to be a squash match for Bad News, but, it but wasn't he, literally, squashy he literally did like four offensive moves the entire match, and Patera carried the rest of the way. I was just like, literally, that's not a squash. It's not a squash. No. It's a he get he got lucky to win kind of thing. It was like, yeah, it's like you can't have like yeah. There's a there's a squash match later. Yeah, and like it's actually done well, about as good as a squash match can be. I feel like yeah, maybe not as good, but like it's it's by the books. So Mean Gene's in the back with the mega powers of Hulk, Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. Hogan says they're the strongest force in the universe. He also says that Liz is their secret weapon. 
They do. And Savage is like the mania and the madness together. Yeah. And like, we all, all three of these people are great. We know that. Liz does some, some class, classy, like she does a lot of just face acting because she doesn't really get to we talk know, ever much. We know you love the face acting. She, but she kills it in this segment too. It's like, it's like, ah, why are you so good at just, at just selling, selling your feelings with your face? She sells my feelings later. I know she does. So we head off to our third match, ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan versus <laughs> Junkyard Dog. J-Y-D. The story behind this match G-R-A-B. was that Rude would begin to invite C-H-M. women into the ring to give them a kiss C-H-M. after a victory. On one occasion, that woman refused to comply, identified herself as Jake the Snake Roberts' wife, Cheryl. As the feud grew... Rude would wear tights with a picture of Cheryl on them, as we saw at WrestleMania 4. And it fucking rules. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking cool. And one time, Roberts was so mad, he charged into the ring, stripped the tights off of Rude, leaving him to appear nude on the television. Is that real? He was actually wearing a G-string. Oh, that's, yeah. I'm sure that went over well. And you're like, because women wait watched a wrestling back then. <laughs> so I just told you the story behind this match, but you're like, wait a second. But why JYD though? What does this have to do with Junkyard Dog? It doesn't. doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's just to give JYD a match. But we'll talk more about that later. All right. So we get a couple of ladies who are actually excited to see Rude. The good 15 guy. pack that he has going mm-hmm. on. I mean, I'm... yeah, he's a, a cut boy. And he opens up his. Robe mm-hmm. and his tights have a picture of junkyard dog, yeah, on them. Yeah, fuck you, rude. Don't yeah, don't do don't do the dog like that. But that just means that it's time to grab them kicks. Rude Pearl Harbor jobs dog, but JYD hits a back body drop and some doggy style headbutts to start. I love him. JYD misses a falling headbutt and Rude hits a short arm clothesline. Rude comes off the top rope with a double axe handle and starts wearing down JYD with a headlock. Like, literally, as soon as he started, put, he put a headlock on this, I was just like, are we about to get another 15-minute, like, match? I'm like, these two we, guys yeah, these do cannot not be going need 15 to go minutes 15 down. minutes. JYD is, like, extra thick here. Weasel chants start up because... Because Bobby, Bobby Heenan's there and everyone's bored. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This match, though, right? <laughs> JYD escapes with a pair of elbows to the gut and then sends Rude to the corner. JYD charges in, but Rude gets a boot up. Rude grabs JYD's arm and goes to hyperextend it, but the arm stays strong and ends up crotching Rude. Right hands, and we get a headbutt city from Mm -hmm. JYD. He is yelling, so the dog lets Rude go to attack the brain, which allows Rude to give dog a knee to the back. A reverse neck breaker, and then Rude goes to the top rope, where he pulls his pants down... To reveal another pair of trunks that are airbrushed with who on Cheryl's face, and then comes off the top rope with a fist to JYD. All of a sudden, Jake the Snake (laughs) slides into the ring and starts unloading on Rude and clotheslining out of the ring, and the ref calls for the bell. Official announcement: Rude won by disqualification because he was attacked. And then, like, then, yeah, they, he has like 
basically Mercury's like, oh, sorry, JYD. And yeah, JYD's post, like, what the fuck, man? Post-match, Roberts it. is, like, apologizing to JYD. Like, here's the thing. 1988, mm-hmm. JYD just goes, ah, all right, man, cool. I get it. You're feuding with Rude, whatever. 2018, JYD would, like, start laying it on J- yeah. on Snake, and he would turn heel himself. And then we get a triple threat match at, at Extreme Rules 1989 or 1988. Yeah. Survivor Series. Triple threat oh, match. Oh, yeah. That'd be better than a five-on-five Survivor Series match. I can guarantee that. It's true. At least, uh, at least you know, Roberts is in there to, to tell a story. I don't want to break your heart, but I'm about to. This is the end of the man. This is the final Junkyard Dog WWF pay-per-view appearance. Yeah, I know. I could like I thought that the last couple I was like I know we're getting there. We we have we have gotten to the end of the road. It's okay. It, we, I'll be I'll be fine. I'll give you hugs later. It's, yeah. You just give me a headbutt. All right. <laughs> so we got a Mean Gene in the back with Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Honky Tonk goes, "Being the humanitarian I am." I say, give me anybody. And then Gene tries to tell him who his opponent will be. He says, don't tell me. Don't tell. Honky Tonk goes, I don't want to know. I don't care who it is. <laughs> but, yeah, but how long until he does Until he does care who it is, though? Uh, maybe about 32 30, seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we head off to our fourth match. The Bolsheviks of Boris Zukov and Nikolai Volkov with Slick. Versus the powers of pain, the barbarian and the warlord with the baron. And it's good to see Volkov still trying to do his Soviet national anthem gimmick. Yeah, it's like, it's just not really working anymore. No, definitely not. Like, yeah. Now, we have seen the barbarian, the warlord, and the baron all before in the NWA. But this is our first viewing of them in the WWF. Obviously, barbarian and warlord, we've seen them exactly like they are. The Baron is Baron Von Ratchke, who I think we saw one match of his at like Starcade 86 or something like that. Really just one? But he was like a skinny old dude with a bald head doing the like Nazi Germany oh, yeah, gimmick. Yeah. He's not around very long, but like literally you can't even see his face and like he's under a hood the entire time. Match starts and Powers of Pain jump in the ring and all four men start brawling. Powers throw the Bolsheviks to the floor. Belly to belly suplexed by Warlord on Boris, but no count as Volkov comes in to stop the ref from counting. Bolsheviks start choking Warlord with the tag rope and the top rope. And you always complain about the tag rope. I thought this was a great use of it. Oh, the tag rope? Yeah. I mean, I I don't hate it. It's just that it's used so, like, it only matters when it matters. So it's like, well... That's all rules in wrestling. That's true. That's true. Like, why would I pick on, on th- that? There's so many other things to pick on. The Bolsheviks are in control with lots of quick tags and keeping the warlord in their corner. And then we get a roundhouse kick by Volkov and a double Irish whip by the Bolsheviks. But they both drop their heads and warlord comes off the rope with a double elbow. We get Barbarian in with the hot tag. Gets a karate chop, scoop slam, reverse thrust kick, a clothesline, and then a big boot to both Bolsheviks. A double flying tackle by the powers of pain. Warlord power slams Boris and a flying headbutt by Barbarian for the pin and, and the win. win. Oh, you said something with Bolsheviks in it. And I was like, that's a good uh, say that five times fast. 
A big boot to both Bolsheviks. A big boot to both Bolsheviks. Thank you. I was trying to remember it. Alliteration, baby. I was like, oh, man. I do love me some alliteration. Again, another match. It's a squash match. It happened. I'm not mad about it. And Powers of Pain look good. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really care for them when they were in the NWA. But I mean, these fuckers are huge. Because they're Road Warrior wannabes, and they're still Road Warrior wannabes. Who wouldn't want to be them? But they're away from the Road Warriors Yeah, now. it's like you can't have two Road Warriors. Exactly. That's like having, uh, you know, two fake vampires in, in the attitude. Like, two, like, if, like, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, you got the, you know, you can't have... Uh, get, hate on Edge and Christian. No, you can't have... But I'm just saying, like, it's like you already have... Road Warriors, you can't have Road Warrior wannabes. You have, you had something like the Brood. You can't have another like vampire group, or like it's like oh like I know you have to have Blade. <laughs> it was was there a Marble Blade? There is a Marble Blade. Well, no, a Marble character. Yeah, well I know that, but like a Marble Blade in the Attitude Era. Oh no, oh, okay. So. There's no crossover. No. Was Chucky um, Chucky doll? Was that WCW WWF? I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There, there was like a crossover for when the movie came out. Hmm. I didn't. I don't think Chucky ever actually showed up, except for like on. Well, I, I say Titan Tron, so I assume that I'm thinking WWF, but I don't know. So next up, we got Brother Love coming to the ring. The Brother Love theme song fucking rules, and it should be played at every wedding instead of the wedding song because <laughs> it's fucking great. And he takes the mic and a little backstory here. This is our first Brother Love. This is our first Brother Love, and. Uh, Love him. You love you some brother love? I mean, just like his his promos are great. He brings it. I mean, I know he's definitely uh, so partying. Uh, leading up to SummerSlam, mm-hmm. they had been announcing basically there would be a super special guest that would come on SummerSlam with Brother Love. Brother Love would bring, you know, bring someone special out. I'll tell you who that was supposed to be later on. Okay. The the camera work in this promo is also really awesome. For it like is really good. the in ring stuff, it's like it's just not what we have ever seen before for like a pay per view. Or I guess it's a. I think television. they got in the ring because they're doing a promo in the ring. And yeah. So they had cameramen actually just, getting yeah. in the ring. Yeah, so it, it, was, it looked good. You yeah. I liked it. It was noticeable. But it's not the person that they meant for it to be. So instead, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <sighs> So Hacksaw is out there for two reasons. One, he wants to share a ho mm, yeah. with everybody. I mean, as long as he's paying, right? Fucking Jesus Christ. I would, yeah. I and would two, take anybody over. He Hacksaw. wanted to tell Brother Love how much of a phony he is. Love goes, Duggan has no love, but there are men like Dino Bravo. Who love his country. And I, I think Dino Bravo and Hacksaw were in a feud at this point. Oh, really? Which, again, Dino Bravo's in a match later on, and it's not against Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So I was yeah. like, what? Hacksaw's confirmed for Trump. If you haven't figured out one of my pet peeves <laughs> for this show is, what was the matchmaking? Yeah, everything there seems like super slapped together, with the exception of the main event, pretty yeah. much. Hacksaw goes, this is the WWF. Not Sunday school. I guess it kind of makes sense because, like, if they, if they like, if if I mean, Brother Love is a a rip on television evangelist. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's great, and that's why that song is so good. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm, I'm just talking about how like everything seems kind of slept together here in a way because like WrestleMania is supposed to kind of like finish stories up, and yeah. this is like the next big one, so it's like oh, we'll start stuff. Doesn't mean that you're doing it. Particularly great job of, it. job of it. I mean, maybe some of these, I'm sure that we probably won't see many of these feuds continue. 
Probably not. I would just kind of give it, you know. Hacksaw then, I guess Brother Love says something. Who made you, you know, do you have a badge or... He, he says oh, something yeah. about badge or... He says, yeah, he says, yeah, he says, like, you have no badge or whatever. And Hacksaw goes, the two by four is the only badge I need, and I'm going <laughs> to put it where the sun doesn't shine. And then he gives Brother Love to the count of five to get out of the ring, and Love takes off running at four. I love you. That was my brother. That was my lazy brother love. Lazy brother love. Uh huh. So we're headed to our fifth match, and we got Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart versus, versus Question Mark. Who? I was uh, I like right before I was like because I wrote down the matches. I was watching the show, and I like wrote Question Mark, and then I wrote, drew to the side a little circle, and it was like me, and I just wrote Dragon, and just hoping that maybe it'd be the Dragon. Hoping. Hoping it'd be the dragon. But it's not. And this, uh, we'll get there. It's a, so it's a this match alien. is for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And Honky Tonk's in the, in the ring. He's dancing around. Give me someone to wrestle. Howard Finkel's about to, He's like, he doesn't even know who the challenger is. He like, like does this like mm-hmm. shrug shoulder like, who's yeah. coming? Because he goes, and the challenger is. is? And then he like, mm-hmm. That's funny. That's but Honky Tonk grabs shit. the mic. And he's like, get someone out here to face me. Yeah. Music hits. The crowd goes wild. And Ultimate Warrior runs to the ring. Three right hands, a scoop slam, flying shoulder tackle, short arm clothesline, and a warrior splash. (laughs) Covers for the pin. And the win. Jesus. And And new. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a a lot real quick. Match was officially 31 seconds. Oh, wow. And ended the longest reign ever of the Intercontinental title. Damn. It's that time or or just in general at this point? Of all time. It's still still the longest IC title reign ever. And we get our first Goldberg. Oh yeah! Like, <laughs> like what? No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. Just like, like it's Goldberg like, oh. shows up. I'm like, what show was I? Is this long, it was 31 seconds longer than most Goldberg matches. <laughs> All I'm saying is, honky tonk. This is why you don't sign a new deal. No, because he because remember it told you at the main event he was like, I'm not dropping the belt, or I'm going to NWA. Oh yeah. So they let him keep the belt, and then they let him keep it for the summer, and then they yeah. he signed his new deal. It's all right. He's still the honky tonk. See you man. later, honky tonk man. Becomes he because he becomes a jobber to the stars the rest of his career. Yeah, but people, I don't know. I'm down with honky. He's You're not down a, with honky. I'm down with honky. He's not a great worker, but he's a fun character. And in uh, WWF, isn't it mostly about characters? It is. Now, that's this the difference is the, but between because his character the, was between sports so, entertainment and professional wrestling was so hated. Yeah, that's why this crowd is so. Crazy and loud for this yeah. title change. I mean, yeah, he's great at beating hated. It's, exactly, he's fun. He's a douchebag. He's super cheesy. It's it's fun, and he also, you know, he can't work, so <laughs> it makes it even it makes it easier for me to the dislike him. The best thing him. that he does is uh, sell an atomic drop. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we've mentioned that multiple times in the past. No, he sells an atomic drop like he's a fucking one of the three Stooges. So I think they go to intermission at this point because... Yeah, there's like a cool like animated uh, interlude or whatever. And then we hit the opening, the same video that we saw at the very beginning of the show with the Mega Powers and the mm-hmm. Mega Bucks again. And then Heenan, Bobby Heenan, joins Gorilla and Superstar Billy Graham to make a special report about the, what the Mega Bucks are up to. What are they up to? Andre is reading the Wall Street Journal. Is he? 
I don't remember this. DiBiase <laughs> has four suitcases open and counting his money. Oh, this, that's good shit. Virgil's standing in the corner enjoying it all. Oh my god. And I was like, <laughs> sounds like a bit of a creeper. <laughs> yeah, me. yeah. He's like, I just want to have Virgil's like, hmm, I just want to watch. And then he says, the mega powers have put dressers in front of their doors, screaming and begging not to have the match. Oh, I love you, Bobby. Bobby's so good. And then we go to our sixth match. The Rock, Don Morocco versus Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin. And this is the Battle of the Bouldermen. I mean, we saw this match <laughs> at WrestleMania 4 yeah. in the oh, tournament. And we saw so it's a little bit of a rematch. Yeah, we saw Dino uh, not lift some stuff, but Jesse's not here to, to like... Help him. But yeah, he's not, Jesse's not here to talk, talk about, about that storyline. So they, like, with, if it's like Gorilla and... Superstar. And Superstar talking about it. Would prefer Tony Schiavone to Superstar Billy Graham here. That's saying a lot. Considering I don't... I think Tony, like... JR and Tony Schiavone together is fine, but like if JR's the color guy and the and he's calling the match, yeah, it's like there's both, a, I think they're both play by play guys. That's they're both play by play guys. Like it's like you might as well like JR might as well just be doing the like uh, NWA stuff like Joey Styles. Like by just himself. by himself. It would have yeah. been it'd be like and I would take I think Gorilla would even be better here by himself. Because then at least I could focus on the match more as opposed to be annoyed. Well, I was I literally wrote, is the bickering between Heenan and Graham annoying to anybody else during this match? Everything that Graham does is fucking annoying. I think I had the same issue a, a few weeks ago because Heenan joined the, the announce yeah, table. Yeah, we were talking about that. And you and, were right that it does take away from the match. And it's like, the it's match. selling the match short yeah, completely. Yeah, I agree. I know they're trying to, if they are talking about people, they're talking about the main event. And it's mm-hmm. like... I get it, but the two people in the in the ring yeah, are taking away from them. Yeah, and it just even like in the, some people are some people are great, and you you can't take away from them. And some people not so great, and you got to make it matter. Yeah, you got to make it matter. Like I said, Heenan sticks around, does some commentary, he starts giving Graham crap about not being at the ring with Morocco because Billy Graham had been seconding Morocco. The match is back and forth early on. Morocco hits a monkey flip. And then there's a really bad-looking hip toss <laughs> that looks like Dino just jumps. It's bad. It's really bad. Into a back bump, but Rock grabs the arm as he's falling. We get an inverted atomic drop by Bravo. And then after an Irish whip, Dino puts his head down, so Morocco takes advantage with a Russian leg sweep. Bravo then misses an elbow drop, and Morocco fires out with some punches and a back body drop. Frenchie's up on the apron, and Morocco smacks him to the floor. The Rock tries to pick Bravo up, who accidentally kicks the ref. Bravo then reverses it for a side suplex for the pin and the win. Ugh. My thoughts exactly. This is, like, this is... Like, it wasn't even, like, I put reverses it, and I'm like, did, like, I don't even know what they were trying to do at the end. This is easily the worst match on the show. Easily. <laughs> it's like, it's just so... And in, we had in, two squash matches. In, inconsequential. And, and that's not... Exa- the squash match... This is like, not supposed to be a squash so the match. The Warrior match was exciting. No, I'm talking about the Bad News Brown. Oh, well, that one. Yeah, that, like, one was, that one was bad. This is better. Yeah. That had a, a little guy doing... A smaller... Not a little guy, obviously. The guy's giant. But a smaller man putting a guy that's like seven inches taller than him a in bear a bear hug. hug and from a the full Nelson. Yeah, like a front bear hug and a... Nelson and it's just like ah. but it was still better than this 
Sorry, uh, sorry, Donnie and Dino, but I don't think this is going to hurt anyone's feelings. But this is Morocco's final pay per view appearance. Thank so he, you. Doesn't, he doesn't come back as a manager or anything. Nope. Well, thank you for everything, Mr. Morocco. Yeah. Then we go to the back. Sean Mooney's back there with Jesse the Body Ventura. Who's who is Sean Mooney? Sean Mooney is just another backstage guy. He actually. I feel hosts, like we haven't. We don't see him a whole lot, do we? Oh, uh, have we seen him before? He, I don't know if he does a whole lot of. This is the first time we've seen him. Okay, that's. I was like, all right. I don't know if he's. I know he covers. He does some of the hosting for some of the TV shows, at times like Superstars of Wrestling and stuff oh, okay. like that. But yeah, he's. I was just or curious. Just a backstage guy, basically. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah. If you had anything on him, for and me. they let us know that Jesse has been handpicked by Jack Tunney to be the special guest referee for the main event. I got excited because I was like, at least Jesse's not gone. It's very true. Because I was like, ah, oh, like you where, know, where did like, Jesse go? Yeah, exactly. I was like, at least he'll be, like maybe he'll There's be back a on storyline reason he's not yeah, on exactly. Like maybe next, booth. maybe he'll be on commentary next time. I was just hoping that I wasn't gonna get like the rest of 1988 or all of 1989 with. Couldn't we have gotten Ventura for the entire show except for the Yeah, even event? even if it was like even if the, he like dropped off like from the first like and two bring the youth back. Bring the youth back. He's, no shit. Where's the youth? I would have preferred Euchre and Gorilla. Exactly. The whole show would have been fun. Yeah. Jesse's then asked about the money he got from DiBiase, and he goes, "If someone wants to stuff money into my pockets, I'm no fool." <laughs> Which is very true. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's I'm he's not he's, disagreeing with him. He's, he's yeah, he's he's he's. he's He's doing Jesse. So we head off to our seventh match. The Hart Foundation of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim Anvil Neidhart versus Demolition of Axe and Smash with Mr. Fuji and Jimmy Hart. You mean the Hart Foundation versus Leather Daddy. For the, the Leather Daddies. For the WWF Tag Team Championship. And the story behind this match was that after the WrestleMania Four Battle Royal, we saw... Bret Hart destroyed Bad News Brown's trophy. Brad, Bad News Brown doesn't deserve a trophy. And it started a face turn for for Hitman. And Neidhart would join along with him. But it would cause a rift between the Foundation and Jimmy Hart. As, you know, Jimmy Hart is a heel manager. Yeah, real piece of shit. But Jimmy <laughs> Hart still had the Foundation's contract, so he could be a ringside for their matches. So he just kept coming out for yeah. the opposing team. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fun. I like that. Hart would... St- Jimmy Hart would start giving all of his secrets to Mr. Fuji on how to beat them. Oh yeah, it's like this is this is yeah, these are the moves that they like string together. So it was that's fun. I like that. Fun story there. Match starts up and Demolition takes advantage of Night Hart early on. Hart gets a tag and a few punches sends Axe to the floor and a drop kick to Smash. Smash reverses an Irish whip to send Hart into the ring post to regain control for Demolition. We see Neidhart chase Jimmy Hart back to the to the locker room. And as they're doing that, sh- uh, we get a shoulder breaker by Axe on the Hitman and begin to work on the arm. Hart is kicked out of the ring where Axe throws Hitman's shoulder first into the ring post. They work start working that shoulder super early. Yeah. It's it's good. It was very Smart. good. Like, yeah, it's like that. It's like, one this of those is, secrets. This is, here's, yeah, here's, here's the, one of those secrets. That one of those secrets. Hart, it's back good. in the ring, Hart's running the ropes and hits Axe with a clothesline. And he goes for the tag, but Demolition pulls the ref's attention, and he never sees it. Smash tosses Hart into the turnbuckle and charges in, but Brett gets his foot up, and then he crawls to the corner for the hot tag. Anvil with a pair of right hands, a drop kick, scoop slams, clotheslines to clear the ring. 
Hart then slingshots Anvil over the top rope onto Smash on the floor. It rules. It's like the way he like pulls the rope. Yeah. Yeah, that's that spot is great. Power slam and the cover, but only a two count for Neidhart. Foundation with an Irish whip into a shoulder tackle by Neidhart, and Hitman with a backbreaker and a cover, but Axe breaks up the pin. All four men in the ring while Fuji jumps on the apron. Neidhart punches Fuji in the face like seven times. And it's He's like, why? Like, this man should have fallen. Like, Jim Neidhart is a big guy. It's like, why did he hit him so many times? It's off to the side, and it's really not where the focus is, but I was just like, well, huh. like, caught my attention because, like, he keeps hitting him. Normally, that's one a one-shot job. Yeah, as you said, Neidhart goes after Fuji. <laughs> yeah. And while he's doing that, Jimmy Hart shows back up, tosses his megaphone to Axe. Yeah. And while Brett is putting, trying to pile-drive Smash, Axe smashes him over the head with that megaphone, and Smash is able to cover for the pin and, and the, the win. win. My favorite part is that, uh, like, he hits him, and then, like, Rolls out with the megaphone and he's like he like leans down and crashes yeah, and like, like hiding and with like it. hides but he looks like he's like playing hide and seek and taking it really seriously because he's got like his head down and he's like it's really funny. I don't, you can't see me. Right? Yeah, he like doesn't. He does not like really reacting right? at all. It's really it's it's super funny and they like hold on it long enough to where you're just like you know it's gonna make you giggle. So we go to the back with Mean Gene. He's in the heel locker room trying to get a word with Honky Tonk. Honky Tonk is yelling at all the other heels to leave him alone and he says. I've been ripped off. I've been robbed. I said I would wrestle anybody, not a warrior. Yeah. <coughs> Which makes no sense, but it's Honky Dog Man. We're supposed to hate him. He's really good at letting us do that. And we're off to our eighth match. Big Boss Man with Slick versus Coco Beware with Frankie. We've mentioned this before, but Big Boss Man was Big Bubba Rogers in the NWA. Mm-hmm. But this is our first time seeing him in the WWF. What was, what's the, like... What did WWF see in, like, okay, Big Bubba guy. That's a guy we could put on the payroll. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. Vince loves big dudes. But he's not, like, a big buff dude. He's not a big handsome dude. He's not a I mean, big dude that can even he can barely walk. Uh, he he actually gets into better shape. This is oh, yeah, the, I know. This is probably the worst shape we've I mean, seen. Yeah, he looks like a complete dog. I mean, I'm, I mean he, he, was, he stuck around for a long time. Yeah, he does. And he's definitely uh, looks better in 1998 than he does in 1988. Yeah, which you know, good for him. That's normal. Not how that works, but definitely doesn't usually work. Here he's looking like he's not worth a goddamn dollar. He's a million bucks. (laughs) So Slick is distracting Coco. So Boss Man comes around, hits him from behind, and then tosses him to the floor to start the match. We get a drop kick by Coco, and Boss Man is tangled up in the ropes. Where delivers a splash and some right hands. I like the splash while he's tied up because he's got like his arms tied up in yeah. the ropes and he's like basically like in a like you know crucifix like type position like laying back. But Coco does like the off rope splash onto him in that position and it's just kind of fun. I don't know that I've seen that. I don't think I'd ever seen it either. Coco's in the corner and Boss Man with the big splash in the corner there. Coco's draped across the second rope, and the boss man crashes across his back. Scoop slam, and then boss man goes to the top rope, but misses the splash attempt, which looked really, really bad, bad as yeah. he technically landed on his And, like, feet. Coco rolls, but he doesn't roll that far, so they're like, oh, he only got a little bit of that. And he's like, ugh, yeesh. Coco is sitting to the corner, and boss man with another splash attempt, but again, where moves, and big boss man is straddling the top rope. And it looks bad, too. You can't even sell the crotch shot. 
wears boxing big boss man and goes to the top rope for a drop kick and then a splash but only a two count yeah i love coco's just like he's engaged and like he has like just a style or pep to the way that he moves and like throws punches and does the things that he does it's like he's not like you know the most technical guy but i feel like he really makes the most of what he can do it's cool it's nice to see Coco charges in, but Boss Man catches him and dumps him over the top rope. An Irish whip into a big boss slam, or some would say a sidewalk slam. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a cool looking move. I like that move. For the pin and the win. Oh, the match is over? The match is over. When did it, when did it start? A couple minutes ago. Okay, cool. Post-match, Big Boss Man hits Coco with the night sick to send wear to the floor. The girl of Monsoon soon says it weighs uh, 25 pounds. That's a heavy That's nightstick. a heavy-ass nightstick, yeah. So, yeah. Is it made out of, uh, like, I mean, there's still a lot of time at the iron. very beginning of the match talking about how he has his yeah. handcuffs on his Yeah, and they talk about, like, all this gear. Like, well, superstar Billy Graham won't show up at all. I kind of totally stopped paying attention to most commentary because uh, he was just blathering. But, yeah, he talks about He's like, ah. Oh. He, at one point, he makes a joke about taking Jack Tunney's job. And he's like, if I was Jack Tunney, I wouldn't let this guy come out here with all this stuff and blah 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 and it's just like he's just trying to do trying to do anything to make himself are you saying billy graham got some go away heat from you yeah he's got all he's got every <laughs> single little bit of of go away heat so then he's we my go, least favorite thing about the show i i assumed so we head to the back sean mooney's in the face locker room with ultimate warrior and ultimate warrior says what um he says something about like the, maybe the garden of eden he says something about spaceships I think my biggest issue, because it's fun, because he's super intense and he's yelling and it makes no sense at all. The only thing that I didn't like about it, I was down with it not making sense because it was hilarious and super bizarre and kind of like half half like like evangelical and half like sci-fi. You know, but he says he keeps talking about little warriors. He's like, you can't do that when there's little hulksters. That's bullshit. You can't have you can't have both. You gotta call them something else or not address them at all and keep talking about space Jesus. So you're telling me that I'm not a little in, warrior in real life. Uh huh. We we know that Warrior and Hogan face off at some point. You weren't a little warrior. You were a little folkster. I was neither. You hated both of them. I was. I was, I didn't watch it as a child. You were a little million dollar man. Uh, I don't know. I was. I mean, I think that most people were probably little folksters, unless they'd probably been watching it for a while. But at that point, they probably weren't little anymore. They're probably just like medium warriors. They go back to Gorilla and he tells us that if Honky Tonk wants it... Oh, he tells us what Ultimate Warrior said. Oh, what did he, what did he say? Did he he said? tells us that he said that if Honky Tonk wants it, he knows where to find it. That's what he said? I think what Warrior said was way cooler than that. I mean, I think that was the gist of what he was trying to say. Yeah. But I was just like... Like, he started talking. I was like, nope. Not, yeah. not making these notes. I no clue. No clue what he said. So we head off to our ninth match. We got Hercules versus Jake the Snake Roberts with Damien. At the beginning of the match, Hercules complains that Damien is in the ring. So Roberts goes to move him closer to the ring post. He just like flips the bag over. And there's obviously yeah. a big ass snake. It's a, I don't know uh, if it's Damien number eight, if it's Damien, Damien four, but it's a, big, it's a big Damien. But Hercules charges in for a sneak attack, but the snake moves. Right hands and then tosses Hercules to the turnbuckle. Roberts charges in, but Hercules gets his knee up. Hercules Irish whips Roberts, but puts his head down, and Jake knees him and goes for the DDT. 
but Hercules escapes to the floor. Power slam by the snake and then locks on a headlock. Hercules hits a back suplex, but Robert holds on with that headlock. That's good. I like that. Hercules starts dropping bows and locks on a chin lock. Did you wonder at this point what the time limit was for this match? Uh, For a second I did, yes. But uh, I don't think we have to go there. Spoiler alert. So a pair of clotheslines by Hercules and goes for the half-hearted pin attempt before going back to the chin lock. Roberts escapes with some shots to the gut and reverses it into a hammerlock, but Hercules throws an elbow that sends the snake to the floor. Hercules has Roberts draped across the top rope and giving him forearms across the chest until Roberts reaches up and snapmares Hercules over the top rope to the floor. Roberts is grabbing Hercules to bring him back into the ring, but we get a rubber band slam oh, thanks, on the bud. snake. Hercules has, the, I think, the biggest traps uh, of any of anybody that we've seen. So you're saying someone should just slap that trapezoid hold on? I'm saying if you're gonna use a trap hold, you use a trap hold on a guy whose traps are like six inches tall. Like they're like seriously like over halfway up his neck and they look insane. So it's like, well, there's a whole lot to grab onto there. Him or Ryback, who had bigger traps? We need a trap off. We might need need a a full Nelson, uh, a king of the full Nelson match. Hercules goes right back to the chin lock, but Roberts (laughs) escapes with a jawbreaker. Lefts and rights, short arc clothesline, and Jake goes for the DDT, but Hercules counters with a back body drop. Roberts gets a, Roberts goes for a knee lift, but Hercules shoves him out of the way, and the snake lands on his head. Scoop slam and a falling elbow drop by Hercules for a two count, and he goes for another slam, but Roberts floats over and hits the DDT out of nowhere. Yeah, I know it's good. It's like it's like us because as soon as he hits the DDT, you know it's over. He rolls is over it, on top most, of Hercules. Is it the most protected like move, like finisher at this point in WWF? Macho only ha- has only had one person kick out of top rope elbow drop. Has anybody point. kicked out of the DDT? I mean, like at least I don't. I, I don't know. know. I'm not sure either. I'm but I mean, sure. it's like yeah. Once they did the DDT, I was like, I was like, is he gonna kick out? He's not gonna kick out. Is he gonna kick out? And he doesn't kick he's out. Because Roberts rolls over for the pin and, and the win. win. And what did he win? Extra fifty bucks. I guess so. Because post match, Roberts grabs Damien. <laughs> And wraps him around Hercules. Yeah, he like throws the snake out, and then the snake's not really like, it's just kind of hanging out next to him, so then he walks back over and lifts the snake, and then drops it on him, because snakes are icky. So then we go to a video package that mm-hmm. shows the Mega Powers and Mega Bucks feud highlights. Million Dollar Man, and you so know, So DiBiase and Andre start beating down Savage. Savage challenges them to a tag team yeah, match. Yeah, like while Virgil's like holding Liz. And the Captain. Bucks accept. The referee's named. It's going to be Jesse the Body Ventura. And the Bucks just start laughing. Yeah, and the spreading money. They're like, oh, well, we know what we're going to do. We're just going to buy this motherfucker off. Look at his crazy clothes. Savage names his partner. And Hogan makes his return. I think it was the first time Hogan had been back since WrestleMania 4. Oh, yeah. Brother Love is interviewing Ventura. And the Bucks show up to threaten and bribe him. And they stuff the money into his jacket. Yeah, pocket. they also like he he messes with Jesse and says that he Jesse's afraid of Andre. So we head to our tenth match. Okay. Uh, also, at some point, Gorilla Monsoon calls Jesse Ventura a broadcast physician, and I was like, that is the two weirdest words I've ever used. I've ever heard. Like, I was it was one of the few things on commentary that like stuck out at all, <laughs> and I was just like. Uh, he, I think he referred to him as like his like fellow broadcast physician, and I'm like that is 
just the weirdest two weird words of, of describing yourself. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting, and I don't necessarily think that it's bad as much as I think that it's bizarre and honestly very creative. So good on you, Gorilla. I mean, Gorilla's a very creative guy. Yeah, we also get that uh, there's that kid dressed as macho in the crowd. It's yes. one of the only like crowd things you really notice in the show. They don't do a lot of crowd shots. So that 10th match, we got the Mega Bucks of Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant with Bobby the Brain Heenan and Virgil versus the Mega Powers of Macho Man Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan with Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth. With Jesse the Body Ventura as the special guest referee. And Jesse's wearing Jesse gear. It's a, it looks like jeans and a frilly shirt. It's a little toned down. It's kind of boring. I want... I want I've seen I've seen Jesse wear better than this. I was like, maybe uh, he used that money after all and got him some nice clothes. I don't know. I didn't like I didn't like his get up here. I'm I miss like my tie dye Jesse. He had like I know that's what I wanted. Yeah, I like that's what I expected. So he's not gonna wear ref stuff. Like then I want like he's wearing like you know like dark pants, like a white leather jacket with like frills. But then his like like skull cap thing that he wears is like a like a really boring like gray beigeish color. It's like, yep. What is going on here? Where's my colors, Jesse? I would prefer to see him in like a tie-dyed ref shirt. It's like so it's black, but all the white is like tie-dyed. So Ventura is trying to give directions to everyone. Sends all the managers to the floor. Well, we do get like we do get the Mega Bucks come out to no music at all, and then Mega Powers come out to Macho's theme. Correct. And we have to say that they are all wearing like Hulk Hogan red and yellow. Yes. Like Elizabeth has a cool like yellow dress with like red shoes and like hulk hogan's got you know hulk hogan shit on anything else on that's red we'll find out (laughs) yeah we'll definitely find out what else is red uh but and then yeah savages cape says mega powers on the back of it and the back of hulk's ass says mega powers on it in red backs of the tights okay yeah but uh yeah it's like it's like where's the why is there not i think it would have been awesome because he calls them the mania and the madness and they're it would have been cool if they'd been the if it said mania, mania and madness and, oh that's way better hindsight but i can't believe that there's not a like mega powers like three pack action figure set of all three of them in this gear there might have been did you look oh i looked because oh, i was like okay. i was like i was like i don't even like particularly uh collect th- that kind of shit but uh if they had it i would want it because it looks awesome and it's silly and it's like oh well this is great I mean, especially this from this match <laughs> All right, their wonderful gear is wonderful. Take it, Matt. Ventura, un- he's moving the tag rope. I was trying to, I didn't know why. what the po- point of this was. Do you have any reason? I any think understand? it was just to waste more time, basically. Okay. Show that he's still a heel, basically, because... Because it was like, if you move it, they both have to be in opposite corners, yeah, so it doesn't still, matter. They still have to be in opposite corners. It made no sense, but I was just like, what? Yeah. Hashtag, fuck the rope. <laughs> Savage and Andre start the match where the giant lays in some giant chops and a headbutt. And then DiBiase tags in and he wants Hogan. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's like he comes in and Savage is like, what the fuck? Because the Savage and Hulk kind of argue at the beginning of the match to see like, who's, who's going to start. Who's gonna yeah. start. And then, like, once Andre tags out, DiBiase comes in. DiBiase doesn't even attack Savage and he just says that he wants Hogan. And Savage is just kind of like, well, whatever. Like, I. I don't know. I, I, like, what do I do? I guess I'll bring the guy in. Hogan blocks everything DiBiase's throwing at him and turns him around for an atomic drop that sends him towards Savage, who delivers a right hand. 
DiBiase then ping-pongs between the Mega Powers a few times. Hogan delivers a clothesline, and then the Powers give a double elbow. Powers are working those quick tags, working over DiBiase, and then they give a double boot. Yeah, I was surprised at how well they worked as a tag team, honestly. I mean, I... you know, I think they'd work together some on some house shows. I mean, yeah, yeah. But there's some, there's like more, some more double moves, and they do a lot more quick tag and a lot of, you know, of the like push the guy into your corner so we can get a quick shot in. Yeah, we get a scoop slam and multiple elbow drops by Hogan, but then he goes to punch Andre, who catches him. Andre then headbutts both Mega Powers, and Andre's tagged in and begins to use his size to wear down Hogan. We get Michael's favorite move. The trap spot. Trap spot by Andre. And then DiBiase's wearing Hogan down with a choke headlock. I guess if somebody can do a trap spot, if they're as big as Andre, yeah. Hogan starts hulking up with a couple shots to the midsection. And then Hogan and DiBiase both hit clotheslines for a double KO spot. Hogan crawls to the corner and makes the hot tag. Ooh, yeah. Roundhouse rides, back elbows, back body drop, rubber band slam, <laughs> and a double axe handle by Macho Man. Is there a way that I can, like, to get Trademark the... That? Yeah, to make... The, I, don't, I don't want any money. I just want people to use it. I just want to hear somebody... I want to hear somebody call it the rubber band slam at some point. I think it's good. Savage with a crossbody off the ropes, but DiBiase recovers with a short arm clothesline to be able to make a tag to Andre. And Andre starts working over Savage. Grill and Graham keep calling for Ventura to have integrity. My question is, <laughs> what in the history of him working as a heel commentator would make anyone think he has integrity? What in the history of anything that he's done? Like even movies, it's like in in like sure. even in like yeah, in the Predator, he's just there to make like, you know, pussy jokes. <laughs> like there's not a lot of integrity there. We get DiBiase giving a vertical suplex, a backbreaker on Macho Man, and the Million Dollar Man goes to the second rope and does a trust fall back elbow, but Savage moves. The trust fall back elbow is cool. I like it. Savage makes the hot tag to, to Hogan, and we get lots of right hands, clotheslines, vertical suplex. Hogan took a bump. Another you, I, I know we talked about it at, at nauseum whenever I was just like, he won't. He refuses to fall on to the ground in that like, oh my god, on the outside was that yeah. the Andre match? No, it was at WrestleMania four. Uh, he uh, gave the ver- he yeah. gave the suplex to Virgil on the concrete. And he- well, there's that, but then there's I think it might be the Andre match where he's like basically just like he just does everything he can not to hit the outside, and it's not even concrete. I think there's like a pad, and it just I was like you son of a bitch, take the back bump. Uh, he took a back body drop and then he like didn't land on his back. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Uh-huh. Andre comes to the ring and gets a clothesline that knocks him to his knees. And Hogan locks on a sleeper. Andre on his knees because it's like delayed. Like he mm-hmm. hits him and then Andre falls in his And the crowd fucking loses it. I don't know if he was actually supposed to. Fall. I because hope, I, Ho- Hogan even looks surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't catch the Hogan surprise. But I mean, I just unless, unless he just like... I was kind of surprised that, that he... That's what they were going for. Yeah. Which was, it's a good spot if it was. No, totally. I mean, either way, it's a good spot. It's, you know, just sucks. It's kind of sad if it wasn't on purpose. Because, like, Andre does... All the stuff he does is, like, standing punches or anything he else, anything else he does is in the corner where he's, like, holding onto the ropes. And it's just like, aww... And knowing knowing what's going on here is just kind of a bummer. Yeah, Hogan locks on a sleeper onto Million Dollar Man while Savage comes off the top rope for an elbow on Andre. 
but the giant gets his boot up, sending Macho Man to the floor. Andre's up and grabs Hogan from behind and sends him out to the floor. Now all the managers are up on the apron when all of a sudden Miss Elizabeth rips her skirt off (laughs) and struts on the apron, showing off a pair of long, smooth... Well tanned legs. I was so... the kind of legs. Okay, sorry. That you could just stroke for days. Jesus Christ. Without getting tired of it, and make a man shake his head and realize that he's looking perfection. Right smack dad in the. Oh my God! I'm ogling a dead woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's distracted. I just like I I I popped just because I was surprised because it's like Elizabeth never wears anything revealing at all. So it was funny. So it's like basically it turns dress is like it's got like a little flare at like the hips but then it's got the skirt so she pulls it off and then she's still got like this little like it's like almost like a weird mini skirt that sticks out yeah above it or whatever but like yeah it's like it's like oh my god like everybody freaked out for like half inch of skinny white girl booty <laughs> it was really funny but it's like it goes on forever and she just like walks back and forth and it's like good that's, booty that's that's a yeah it's a nice booty but it was like heel it was like a heel thing to do obviously right is it a heel thing? Because everyone loves it. Yeah, but I mean, it's a like to distract. I'm definitely not hating it. No, it was. I, I was like, I was legitimately surprised. I was like, because what just happened? Yeah, it's it's not. It's yeah, it's not like most if from like from here on the way most women are used in the WWF is much more similar and much more uh, egregious. Ten years later, this isn't. This is how they start the match. Yeah, that's that's for damn sure. So while everyone's distracted, Hogan and Savage do their little. This goes on for quite a while, by the way. Everyone's like, and it's like, why is it like, why does Andre and those guys give a shit that she's like? It's like, because it's fucking Miss Elizabeth and she's hot. Yeah, but like they've all, I'm sure they all hang out at the pool at the hotel. I mean, kayfabe, but you, it's just, it was, yeah, I was just like, they heels, got, they heels got, don't hang out with faces, bro. They got a match to do. Oh, I just, I didn't mean, Come I, on, just, I just, I just meant, <laughs> I just meant uh, a woman in general. But those women aren't Miss Elizabeth. Um, okay. So while everyone's distracted, Hogan and Savage do their handshake on the floor and then sneak back into the ring. Though Andre totally turns and sees them coming back in the ring because he's, you know, he's waiting for it, basically. Savage comes off the top rope with a double axe handle to send Andre to the floor and Hogan slams DiBiase. Savage with the top rope elbow drop and then Hogan comes with the leg, leg drop, like simultaneously. Hogan makes the cover, and Ventura counts two, raises his hand to count. He holds it and just holds it there. So Savage slams his hand down, and it rules for the pin and, and the win. win. And it fuck rules. I was like, that's that's like that's stupid. It's like, well, it still counts because he was obviously like not doing the right thing, and it's all on camera. So it's like, oh, like. Savage didn't didn't make the call. It's not like it's not like King Kong Bundy like counting himself. Yeah. It's like it doesn't it's not like that. Like Jesse is the ref, but he was doing something shitty. So like even heel like. <laughs> yeah, but like even like yeah. You, it's really you really can't contest it even though it was Savage that did it because it was a three count and he did have his eyes on it. If his eyes weren't on it then it would be different. But it was really fun. It was a really fun moment. So post match Hogan is hugging Miss Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and the powers start celebrating by posing. But he hugs, and when he lets go of Elizabeth and comes to Eddie, like, macho, throws the arms up, and he does the crazy look, and it makes you think for a second. Foreshadowing. It's good. It's really good. 
We even get Miss Elizabeth doing the ear pose, the Hogan oh, ear pose. Yeah, it's fun. Like they, they, I don't think we actually see it, but you can tell that's what she's doing. Yeah. And they, then Hogan tosses Elizabeth's skirt into the crowd, and then Savage lifts her up onto his shoulder. And Hogan, he throws the skirt once. It makes its way back to the ring, and he throws it again. <laughs> like, it, like, he throws it at the beginning, but then he throws it again, and it's it just funny. And then we get Gorilla and Superstar Billy Graham saying their goodbyes. Well, uh, Macho Man does open... He opens the... The ropes for Elizabeth to exit with the belt on her shoulder, and then they follow her out. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's nice." It's not like the last, you know, Macho Man match where I like was like tearing up. This was good. This but, is good. But I wasn't like I wasn't tearing up like I did the last match where I was like, "It's but it's just so it's so good." <laughs> so earlier I mentioned I had a fun little history moment. At the end oh, of the show, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Brother Love was supposed to have someone come on the show. That person was supposed to be Ric Flair. Uh, whoa, really? Really? And Ric Flair was gonna. Ric Flair was gonna. And Ric Flair job out to the WWF was supposed to face Savage in the main event. Oh, can you imagine if that would have happened for the title? Can you imagine if that would have happened? He would have lost, right? I don't know. Well, I mean, it depends on if he signed a contract or not. Oh, he was going to sign the contract. Oh, get, really? But he changed his mind and decided to stay loyal to the NWA. Well, I respect that. And so they made this match instead. But what, they, the, what the hell was Ric Flair going to do in the WWF in 1988? Maybe we'll find out very soon. No. Well, that's so, crazy. Michael Temple, mm-hmm. what are your overall thoughts of SummerSlam 1988? Skip the first two hours and watch the last match. I hate to say that because I didn't find this like the I mean, worst thing on the planet, but none of it really means anything. I, I literally wrote, this is a show of moments and yes. not actual matches. And the moments... It's mostly a forgettable show. The moments are the last match. And I was I was struggling to make it to the end, but that's more because I was just beat down by some of the stuff in the I, I split it up in like three settings just because of the way that like my week worked out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to get this all in one go because I got shit going on. The, the middle stuff, I was like, oh. It's like, at least it, the thing that was nice about it was that it happened fast. So whenever I did, I'm probably watching like three or four sittings or whatever. So when I got to the like middle stuff, all the matches were so fast that it was just kind of fun to see the guys. And I didn't have to just watch it all in a row. And typically, I prefer to watch the whole show. But, you know, can't always do that. Can't always do it. But, I mean, I try to. And this one, I think, even though I said what I said, I think that this show benefited from me not being able to watch it all at once. Yes, it's, like you said, it, I don't think it's a bad show. No. It's just, a lot of it's not good. What's the best match? Probably the the main event's probably the best match, if not that. I mean, the three tag matches probably are the three best matches. Yep, I'd say that the that's absolutely fucking correct, is that the last match is the or best the, match. The Heart Foundation yeah. Demolition, the Fabulous Rougeau, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. British Bulldogs, yep. and you the main it. event. Yeah, you got Those it. are the three best matches of the entire uh-huh. show. There are some, like I said, there are other good I think, moments. I think that uh, that Herc Jake is pretty decent. You have Rude and Jake the Snake in this feud. Why, couldn't Why have... would you have Rude face Junkyard Dog and mm, yeah. Jake the Snake face Hercules? Yeah. Why would you not just have them face each other? Because Herc and Junkyard Dog probably couldn't put on a decent match. I think it's because they don't want either one of them to take a loss. 
and they uh, were already doing this time limit draw, so yeah. it was like they I were mean, gonna have to they were gonna have to do some kind of DQ something or other. It was just like I mean that makes there's just, no like it if, doesn't matter. It, just like if make Jake, one of them lose. If Jake wasn't on the show, it'd be different. But like him and Herc, they they didn't have a huge story, did they? They didn't have any story. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it's the match before the main event. It was supposed to be. If it was, if it was, and here's the other like, thing: like Rude and her, and Snake, the way they work, that match would be, I think, would be completely boring. Yeah, I, I think we, well, they fought to the time limit draw. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's because both of them like to do these headlocks and chin locks and stuff. I, they probably have good chemistry together, but the matches are just boring to me. Yeah, like Jake has, I don't like either. Like either neither one of them will ever be in my best performers because. Jake's really smart. Like he lays. I think that the matches he works a lot of the times are laid out well, but there's always a little bit of filler. All both of their. I think that's the problem. Both their matches are 12 minute matches. They should go seven minutes. Yeah. Or ten or ten minutes. Yeah. Cut, cut two minutes off there somewhere, and be a little bit more fast paced. Yeah. And just take just take just, take away one headlock. Yeah. <laughs> from they, each they, guy, they just and you got the matches match. down so much that it's just like. Oh my god! Like, yeah, let's let's hurry up. Let's get going. It's not 1960. This isn't like an hour long. Like you exactly. Know. I love the first match, the Rajos. Oh, I like that one Rouge a lot Bulldogs. too. I just didn't care for the way it ended, but I mean, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, uh, they, you know, that match was great. I like the Rajos a lot, and of course, I like the British Bulldogs. That goes without saying. But the Rajos are somebody that never gets talked about. I don't have I don't have to cape up for the British Bulldogs because no one's going to disagree with me. But the Rajos, I enjoy as well. And then the other problem, like four, well, three of the next four of the other four matches that are basically on the card are just are, like quick squash throwaways. Are squash matches, like I'm not even counting the Ultimate Warrior Honky Tonk match, which is the ultimate squash. The ultimate match. squash, like because that one was, was a the, fun squash. That was great. That's what a squash match should be. The other three squash matches are to build up someone. Were not good. Like no. they, they didn't build in. They didn't build anybody. They didn't up. build anybody up. I wasn't all like, like after watching the match, I was like, oh, that right. guy's a badass. Yeah, no, not at all. I was just like, it's like, oh, that's over now. I guess. I guess that's over. Thank God. You know, it's like they the only, those matches only existed for the pop for the face. Yeah, and then like you know that was it. It was for the pop for the face, and then the pop for the outcome. But the middle was just yeah, turd turd sandwich. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So best moments of the night. Miss Elizabeth taking her skirt off. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, sorry. I, I know. Miss Elizabeth. I am not I'm actually not, creepy. Elizabeth. I was. He's playing. He's playing it. Playing up. a character. Playing it's my it gimmick, guys. I mean, you know. She like. There's a reason that they had her had her take exactly. her skirt off. Exactly. I mean, that's why people love it. Yeah. The uh, but like. Small moment highlights. I really liked the Warrior promo. Everything Warrior does in the show is fun. Yeah, I really like... I even like the Honky Tonk promo from earlier in the show. I do, too. Um, I do, too. Actually. I... Yeah, as far as, like, you know, promos, like, we talked about the matches, so... And what we liked about the matches and stuff. I liked Coco's energy. Coco's energy was good. I think, like, I was been the two of the three or three of the four tag team matches were really good and actually the, I actually the, the uh, powers of pain match didn't bother me no it was probably the least of the most offensive of the squash matches yeah yeah that one because was I fun. still felt like they came out looking good mm-hmm. but like bad news brown Patera there was some like was there was some ring psychology in the 
But, and, uh, but though, like uh, ravishing Rick Rude's uh, second pair of pants was a uh, was a surprising moment, and I was like, this is fucking cool. I was like, why does he have junkyard dog on his pants? That's a weird thing to do. And it was only so he could do the other thing. What would have been really great is if they did the smart thing and him and Jake had a match and he had Jake on his pants but then pulled it halfway down and he had... And it was and like... And, yeah, and then, like, can you imagine, like, the pop when it was Cheryl on the pants or whatever was big, but everyone was like, well, why or that? Or even starting out with Cheryl and then like, pulling him down and Jake's on him. Either way. Either way. It's good. It's good. It's better. Because it was, like, a great moment. I'm glad Junkyard Dog got a... He got a, a final appearance yeah, before I'm, he leaves. I'm sad to see him go, but whatever. Does he just get canned, or does he just not on TV anymore? Or is this like, does he die in like six months? We'll see him again soon. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. I got you. Back where you came from? I think he's at Stark. Oh, no, he's actually he's actually uh, from... He heads, from the, he heads the WCW, so... Yeah, he's... he's well, he's from... Georgia. Uh, well, yeah, but he's... Uh, from our territory, he worked in. Yeah, he worked. He worked, worked in the Oklahoma, South, yeah, UWF area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything? Well, I mean, most disappointing. We, we kind of. Yeah, we don't, about need, the, a, those we don't need a. We don't need a beat yeah. dead horse. Like I said, there's a couple of good things in here, but you can get away if you're just trying to trying to catch the good shit. Like you can get away with just watching the last match, which I hate to say. I, I agree. And you, I don't think you'll, if, I don't think you'll be bored. Yeah, the final match is really good. I enjoyed it. If you want to see a very good technical match, the Heart Foundation demolition match. I would say just about all three tag matches kind of do that. Yeah. I to mean, an extent. That's true. The Rojo match as well. Best performer of the night? I don't know. Everybody in every one of those tags is great. That's so true. it's kind of like, I mean, well, how we do just, I pick one? We just we just keep going back to the tag match. It's, like, yeah. it's like, how do you pick? It's like, well, we know that uh, like Savage is going to be Savage. He's going to be great at being Savage. So it's the most surprising thing that I told you Ric Flair was possibly the main eventer in at this show, or that Miss Elizabeth took her skirt off. Uh, the what you told me because I watched her take her skirt off, so uh, that wasn't surprising after the fact. <laughs> the, the Ric Flair thing is more, way more surprising because he doesn't, you know, the war has yet to begin. Really, I mean, it's I guess it's been going on, but it's not as the Monday Night Wars have not started. The, definitely, yeah, definitely, that is definitely, and that's on. that's when it gets got a little crazy. It's time for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. The first riff in the Goldust Trio's camp was a title change, but those can always be won back. But when family gets involved in business, power struggles ensue. Billy Sandow's brother, Max Bowman, would start whispering in his ear, and they began to distance themselves from Tootsmont and Ed Strangler Lewis. Sandow and Bowman would find new talent to develop and promote, but the biggest thing that transpired was the wrestling world began to splinter into regional fiefdoms without the dominant influence of the Gold Dust Trio. Next week, Survivor Series 1988. Uh, I was like, isn't that what we just did? I was like, no, it's SummerSlam. Two S's. I was like, like, wait a second, that's the show we just talked about. Nope. The other other double S. Uh, Back to back like that? Yeah. It's in, it's Thanksgiving night. Oh, yeah. We're headed, we're headed to November. Do you think we're going to get like another four, like five man tags? Yes. I believe, I know they at least, I don't think they do five man tags. I think they do four man tags. But you know what I mean. So I think they have one extra match you know what i kind of miss uh 
Where's there's there was no there's no ladies matches here. Like where's they basically where's, the, I know the, they have, but like I just where's my jumping bomb angels? That's what I'm kidding at. Because what was the other sh- match that we really liked on the Survivors? Because we liked the jumping bomb angels. I think that was our. We favorite liked it, match. and we liked the tag team match because it was uh, the Islanders and oh yeah and uh, Young Stallions. Yeah, did oh. a really good job at the very end of the. No, match. yeah, that was great. Yeah, those two matches are fantastic. Uh, you should watch both those matches. Hopefully, I'm hoping that we get some more of that. At least, like, because but I'm hoping we get some fun stuff at the Survivor yeah. Series. But a Survivor Series, like we, I think we talked off mic of the of the big four. Survivor Series is number four for me. Yeah, Survivor Series is definitely my least favorite. At least while they're doing like some of these Survivor matches, like can be fun, but and they can help tell a story. Mm-hmm. But it's just a part of the story. Yeah, it's never the the culmination. Of I the guess story. it makes sense because like SummerSlams starting shit up, so then Survivor Series can continue it, and they it's can true. work into the next thing. It's true, it makes sense. It's part. It's just another necessary cog in the machine. So the music from this week's show is the theme song from SummerSlam, and I'm gonna play the. I found a remix version. Yeah, I'm. I'm I need to. You need to play it for me. Later. Of. Pomp and Circumstance, Real American, playing right now. It was fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, uh, anything that's just not us continuously playing Real American at the end of every I mean, one Real of Real American's episodes, a great song. It's great. Pomp and Circumstance is a great song. Yes. I know I, not everyone wants to hear them. I kind of like, what's the, uh, is it the Demolition song that's pretty rad? Demolition song's pretty rad, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, I was like, we'll never get to play this on the show, but Probably it's cool. Not. No. Yeah. I will, like, while I was watching it, I was like, maybe I'll just... See if Matt will just play it so we don't have to play Aaron Dregan. Although, I mean, I sing that song all the time. I don't break the rules, bro. Whatever, man. Maybe if you give him 15K. Yeah, I don't have 15K. I'm sorry. You can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcoin, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us questions, comments, concerns, just whatever. We'll email you back at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on Twitter posting... Tribute posts or Same whatever, stuff, just, yeah. just whatever. I want to see if I can find that uh, Dusty Rhodes Mexican commercial, Mexican restaurant commercial. And you can find that at Wrestling Histo X. That's Wrestling H I S T O X. We'll talk to you next week.